What's going on everybody? My name is Tristan and you're about to watch the Bethel Moments podcast. But before we get into this, make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of the Bethel Moments podcast. This is an episode that I believe is going to change our thinking, our mindset, everything in our hearts. We're just going to feel God today. And I encourage you guys to watch to the end because it's super important. You're going to learn something that's going to change your life. Today, I have my friend Roger Schuler on. He's a provost for GEI, an author. He's written a 10-week course on transformational thinking, and he's got something for you guys that I believe, like I said, is going to change your life. And I, I don't want to waste too much time, and I want to just hop into this. And Roger, welcome. Hey, thank you, Tristan, for having me on the podcast. It's an honor to be here with you and just talk to people about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is transformational thinking. And I just want to start with a, I want to start with a prayer, and then I'm going to jump right into what we want to talk about. So, Father, I thank you for the people who are listening today. Lord, I pray that uh, my words will be your words, Lord, and that that these words that fall on the hearts of people listening will give them encouragement, and Lord, and uh, help equip them and empower them, Lord, to have a, a better thinking uh, of what they think about and who they think about, Lord. So I lift this time up to you in Jesus' name, Amen. So right out of the gate. Um, in Proverbs 4.23, Solomon says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So why would, why would Solomon say that? I mean, it's interesting that um, science is finally catching up to the Bible. The Bible is not catching up to science. <laughs> and here's a, here's a quote from a neuroscientist to, to back this up. It, she says this, every single cell of our body is connected to our heart. The heart responds to the brain, so every single cell in our body is affected by our thoughts. That's why Solomon wrote, guard your heart above all else, because it determines, of course, your life. So that is, that's the key right there, that you understand the power that's in your brain. I read a book years ago by Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a neuroscientist. She's also a Christian. It's Switch on Your Brain. And if anybody wants to learn more about this in depth, that's be a book that I would highly recommend. But here's some statistics about our human brain, Tristan, that you probably don't know. Uh, but one human brain has more electromagnetic energy than all the cell phones combined in the world. Think about that. That's, that's amazing. And the non-conscious part of our brain can process up to 400 billion actions per second. I mean, that you can't even fathom that. Our, our conscious brain can process up to 2,000 uh, actions per second so really next to god the human brain is the most powerful thing in the universe in fact god actually talks about this in, in genesis chapter 11 verse 6 he re, he alludes to the brain and the thinking uh, when he said this when the people were building the tower of babel he said that look he said the people are united and they all speak the same language after this nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them nothing they set out to do will be impossible to them because they're thinking their thoughts can help them uh, create and do different things i mean when you look at throughout our history the technology travel medical advances i mean when we put our minds to it there is nothing that we can't do and so that's why it's so important for us to understand input input is the first thing that we have to understand about our transformational thinking and cal state fullerton did research on facebook and this is what it says it it said Facebook is a kind of addiction, and it's a default habit that's rewiring our brain. 
our brains are neural pathways. And actually, Dr. Caroline Lee says, if you could measure it, every thought that we have creates a literal groove in our brain. So this stuff is very, very powerful of our, of our input. And it goes on to say this about Facebook. It says, Facebook addiction engages the same impulsive regions of the mind as a drug addict. But there's one significant difference. Facebook addicts, unlike compulsive drug abusers, have the ability to control their behavior but they don't have the motivation to control this behavior because this is key. They don't see the consequences to be that severe. So that's Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. People don't think it's that big of a deal, but it is a big deal. And so we need to pay attention to this. And that's how, if you really want to get better at your uh, transformational thinking, it's about your input. And then that's a negative side to our input. But there's also a positive side. Uh, years ago, uh, the New York Times put out an article in 2013, and they said this about people that attend church. Listen to this. This is kind of interesting. It says, one of the most striking scientific, there's that word, scientific discoveries about religion is in recent years is that going to church weekly is, a, is good for you. Religious attendance, at least religiosity, boosts the immune system decreases blood pressure and may add two to three years to your life. And, and this is what they, this is what they say at the very end of this article. It, it, it makes me laugh. The reason for this is not entirely clear. Well, Paul gives us, Paul gives us the very reason for this physical, uh, better uh, phys physical stuff. He says this in first Timothy four, eight, he says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and the life to come. So if you want to have better health, you want to decrease blood pressure and increase your immune system and add years to your life, it's have positive input because that's what he's saying. It has, it, has, it has benefits for this life and the life to come. So positive input is going to help your health, your physiology of your whole body. And that's what's really critical. We have to understand the more we put into that, the more we're going to get out of that. And what he says in Philippians 4.8, this is another key that helps us with our transformational thinking. And he says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So if somebody's giving you one final thing, it's pretty important. And he says this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. But the first thing, notice the progression. The first thing he says, Tristan, is think about whatever is true. What is truth? Truth is knowing the word of God. Truth is knowing Jesus. That's the key. That's the linchpin right there. In fact, in the spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6, 12, the first piece of armor that Paul tells you to put on is the belt of truth. That's the first thing. So if we want to have better transformational thinking, we need to, we need to be in the word of God and understanding who God is more and more in our life. We'll have better results with that. Now, here's an interesting statistic from Cleveland Clinic. This is about thinking as well. It says each person has an average of 60,000 thoughts per day. That's one thought per second in every waking hour. Amazingly, 95% are the same thoughts repeated every day. And 80% of those habitual thoughts are negative. So that's a lot of negative thoughts we have in our life. Now, here's the kick, because I think about myself personally. Uh, most of my thoughts that I have wheeling around in my brain uh, most of them self-talk or whatever they're negative usually and so i would probably agree with my personal opinion of what happens in my brain that that is true 
that we do have habitual thoughts and they're usually negative, at least for me. So, but here's one thing, this, this is again, what the Bible says with our transformational thinking, Jeremiah 15, 19 says, you must influence them and not let them influence you. So if I know I have the negative thoughts, then I'm the one that needs to be, you know, influencing them and not them influencing me. So uh, it's about focusing on the positive thoughts. It's about doing these things that's going to make me better. In Romans 12, too, if we've been around the church or been a Christ follower for very long, this is a very familiar verse, but it's very important. It says, don't copy the behaviors or the patterns of this world. And I want to interject um, Isaiah 8, 11 right here. Because he said, the Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. I mean, so God is saying, hey, don't copy the behaviors of this world. Don't have the patterns of this world because that's not going to lead you to the path that you want to go. And that's in our thinking. He goes on to say, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will be learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And that's that's the key right there, being aware of this and then putting not copying the behaviors of the patterns of the world just like we talked about cal state fullerton in the facebook i mean we don't see the it's not that big a deal so i'm going to continue to do it no no we're not supposed to do that jesus even gives us a warning in luke 8 18 he says seven very powerful words so pay attention to how you hear hearing is input what am i listening to what what am i taking in because he says to those who listen to my teaching there again that's positive input more understanding will be given but for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away. So that's that's the key how we how we're able to 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 deal with this stuff. The Bible gives us answer after answer after answer if we want to have transformational thinking to be better. Now here's some here's an interesting statistic from Dr. Caroline Leaf. Back to her, uh, she says this about her thoughts. It says thoughts are unstable and changeable when they are in your conscious cognitive mind. In this state, the thought is in a holding pattern. It has not yet landed in our memory or become part of us. If we recognize, if we recognize, we can choose what to do with this incoming thought in this state. If we don't deal with the toxic thought, then it goes back into our non-conscious brain even stronger. So basically what she's saying, when I have a thought coming in my mind, it's in my cognitive state, I'm aware of it, then I can deal with it. I can either accept it or reject it. But if I don't do anything with it, then it goes back into my non-conscious brain stronger. So every thought that you, negative thought that you don't deal with, it goes back into your, your brain and gets stronger. And that's where, that's where Paul, again, Paul, I'm going to tell you this, Tristan, this is my opinion. I think Paul was the first neuroscientist there ever was because <laughs> everything he writes is right in with our thinking. But he says this in first or second Corinthians chapter 10, verses four and five. He says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. And, and destroy false arguments we do we destroy the false arguments in our conscious state what people say i can't it is we have the ability if we're aware of these thoughts to to reject them and deal with them we have to deal with them though in our cognitive mind in our state he goes on to say to say we would destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing god we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey christ we capture them in our conscious state and that's when we deal with them with the word of God. That's how we deal with strongholds. And those things are like that because when they're in that mode, they're changeable. People say, I can't change. No, you can. According to science, you can change your thinking because when it's in a cognitive state, 
then you can deal with it. But that comes back to that Hosea. People are, my people are being destroyed because they lack of knowledge. If we know this stuff, we can do better at dealing with this um, on a, on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis. And now here's something that I always like to talk about with people about. I pause here just a bit, but I want to talk about our emotions. But emotions come from our feet, our thoughts, and our thoughts come from our input. So emotions and our feelings are, are real. They're part of us. We can't deny that. So we have to deal with them. And I heard Chris Vallotton of Bethel once said that, you know, uh, feelings and emotions make terrible, terrible masters, you know, but great servants because our feelings are going to lie to us. That's the key. Feelings don't think logically. And so they're going to lie to us. So uh, the key to this is um, how do we deal with these emotions and thoughts? Well, again, I'm going to go back to the word of God, Tristan, because that's where we get everything. Uh, Psalms 42.5 says, says this, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart? There's that word again. Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. So here's the first thing that the, that the psalmist does. First of all, he recognizes that he's discouraged and he's sad. Then the second thing he does, he, he asks himself a question. Well, why am I? Why am I so discouraged? Why am I so sad? And then he's faced with a choice. What am I going to do with this? And he says, I will put my hope in God. I'll praise him again. So what he does, he recognizes his, his, his feelings and emotions. He asks a question, why? Then he makes a choice to shift his perspective. Probably the reason that he was discouraged and sad, he had the wrong perspective. It was on himself what he wanted or what he thought was best and how many times do i get myself in a pickle because i'm thinking i want what's for me when actuality i just need to change my perspective which will help change my my you know my my thinking and and that's where we have to get with that so whether you deal with so if somebody that deals with anxiety or fear or worry or somebody that deals with anger that's where you have to stop okay why am i so anxious why am I, you know, why am I so fearful? You know, you, you recognize it and you ask a question, okay, if I'm anxious and worried, then I'm, I'm, I'm trying to control things. It's about me. It's about my perspective. I need to give it to God. That's what we need to do. And here's, this maybe isn't, isn't encouraging, but it, it's a fact. In Psalms 42, 5, or 42 and 43, there's only 16 verses, but three times this scripture is read. I, why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? So I'd like to say that it's a one and done with our thinking, but it never is. I mean, it's a constant, constant battle. And Dr. Caroline Leaf says this about our emotions and feelings. I'm, I keep bouncing back and forth between science and scripture, but I think it's important we do this. What you think, feel, and believe constantly changes the genetic expression and chemical composition of your body on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. So what you think and feel, your feelings are emotions. So our chemical composition is always getting changed moment by moment. And the negative side of that is it says, if we are anxious or worried about something, the body produces chemicals that cause neurochemical chaos. Negative thoughts shift our body and protein to a survival mode, reducing our ability to process and think with wisdom or grow healthy thoughts. So we kind of stunt our growth or in our thinking if we're having those negative thoughts, that's really what happens. But Paul then gives us kind of the antidote. How do I deal with that? Well, he says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, he says, don't worry about anything. Uh, that's, a pro that's a proactive mindset. 
and he's, he's changing his perspective. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your heart. There it is again, guard your heart uh, and, and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So really what Paul is saying, hey, hey this if you, it's a negative thing, just shift your perspective and, and pray because when you pray to God, it's changing your perspective and you're getting in tune with the one person and one entity that can change your, can change how you think. Um, and that's the key to the transformational thinking is where, when you have these thoughts, where are you going? Where, what are you feeding? And so that's, that's really important. But again, on the positive side, this is what Dr. Caroline Leaf says. She says, when we meditate on good things and not toxic, poisonous things, we increase the gamma waves in our brains, which means we increase our attention, memory, and learning capacities. Research has shown that with healthy thinking, we build up portions of our brain that produces happiness. So simply by changing the way I think, I can become happy. And I love Paul. Again, I'll go back to Paul in Acts chapter 26, 2. He says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa. <laughs> I mean, but because today I've, I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I'm accused. How could Paul be happy? He, he was in prison. He was in shackles and chains, a cold dungeon. But he said, hey, I think myself happy, King Agrippa. I think the reason he could think himself happy is that because he shifted his perspective. He wasn't thinking about the cold dungeon and all that. He shifted his perspective. And the best way to shift our perspective is what Jesus said in John 8, 32. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. What did, what did Paul say earlier to think about? You know, the first thing you do is you think about whatever is true. The first, belt, the first piece of, of armor that you put on is a belt of truth. And perspective, the, the definition of that means a particular attitude towards or a way of regarding a, po a point of view. It's, it's your thoughts, what you think. Um, here's, one, here's one good antidote for this, though, Tristan. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. This is out of the message, and I love how Paul captures this. He says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things that are right in front of you. How many times do I catch myself, Tristan, on the cell phone? How many people, you, I mean, I'm guilty of this, always my eyes down to the ground, absorbed with what's right in front of me. But Paul says, look up. He says, look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. And it, it says, see things from his perspective. If we want transformational thinking we have to see things from a heavenly perspective we have to see things from um christ's perspective because we live in the world but we're not of the world that's what the word says we're just passing through i mean we're living in enemy territory so that's the best way that we can uh, help our perspective is focusing on christ Derek prince i think we as christ followers we really need to understand uh what's going on in our brain in our thinking um, and, and Derek Prince, who was, well, he was a great person. He had this quote. He said this, the battleground on which the war is being fought is in the minds of humanity. Satan has built up strongholds. There's that word again, of prejudice and unbelief. Unbelief comes from thinking and prejudice does too in the minds of the human race to keep them from receiving the truth of the gospel. 
that's what we're fighting against. Ephesians 6, 12 says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. The unseen world is right between our ears. As I said earlier about the brain, it's the most powerful thing in the universe. So Satan's going to try to get us off track by our thinking and not to follow Christ. Because he knows if we get our, if our thinking is lined up with Jesus, he's, he's out of business, so to speak. But Paul also understands the struggle that we're in with our thinking. In Galatians 5, 17, he nails this perfectly with his, this battle that we got going on that ties into what Derek Prince just said. He said, the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So, and listen to this, Kristen, at the very last, he said, so you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. I mean, left to myself, myself, I will choose flesh every time, man. That's, that's who I am. But Paul is saying, because what Paul is saying, they, these two forces are constantly, man, they're fighting. Why are they fighting? Because the brain is the most powerful thing in the new universe next to God. And so it's a constant battle. It's not a one and done, as I said earlier. So don't feel bad if you, you, you feel like it's a tug of war, because it is a tug of war. It's, it's a moment by moment, by moment, like Dr. Caroline Leaf said. So Paul addresses that, uh, that battle that's going on in our thinking. But finally, I want to talk about, then we tie, we have our input and we're aware of our input and we have perspective and we, we make the right perspective. Then I want to talk about the third thing is choices. And that's what I really want to land on here before we I finish up. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on all on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So according to this scripture here, uh, our choices are pretty important because God's saying, hey, I'm giving you a choice between life and death, blessing and a curse. Those, that's the two, it's, it's either on or it's either off. I mean, that's it. So it's, it's either good or it's bad. Um, and then the other thing that, so, and then the other thing we think, okay, how important is it? Well, it says in that scripture, it says, I've assembled heaven and earth to witness your choice. So our choices are pretty important because he's assembled all of heaven and earth to witness our choices. So it's like heaven's holding this collective breath, hoping that we choose life because it says, so that, at the end of that, he says, so that you and your descendants might live. My choices not only affect me, they affect those around me. So hopefully my choices are bringing life and blessing to the people around me rather than death and curses because that's important. But a lot of people think, okay, no, I mean, come on, Roger, how, little choices, not that big a deal. Well, remember what we talked about, Cal State Fullerton, because we don't see the consequences of it. I call it the death of a thousand paper cuts. I don't think it's that big a deal to, to watch this, listen to this, or whatever. And right out of the gate, it might not feel like that. But the cumulative effect over time, it's going to kill you. It's going to take you out. And that's how Satan wants to work this really slowly. In fact, Jesus addresses this strategy that Satan uses the death of a thousand paper cuts. In John 10, 10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. But my purpose is to bring you a rich and satisfying life. There's a progression there. Steal, kill and destroy. First thing is Satan wants you, me to think, hey, 
no big deal. I'll watch this Netflix series. I'll so social media, no big deal. And I'm not saying those things are bad, you, but we have to be aware of. That's the key right there. But so, but if, you know, I don't think it's that bad. I keep doing it. And over time, then it steals all that from me. And eventually it kills me and then kills those around me. So it's kind of like what Deuteronomy says. It's, it's, it's that progression. It's not going to affect me. It affects those around me. So that's why we have to understand that, that his purpose is to steal, first of all, and then, and then kill and destroy. Not only me, but those around me that I care and I love about. People I work with, my family, or whoever. I think the best, but the best thing though that that we need to do if we really want transformational uh, thinking is to draw closer to Jesus. Being closer to His presence will ensure me to have a better opportunity to overcome the the negative, the 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 awareness of my input, and then and then the perspective and my choices. Uh, I'll give you a. Uh, Presence is, is um, most important in proximity to presence. I'll give you a case. When, when Jesus was saying he was going to have to, he's telling his disciples, I got to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to have to, and I'm going to die. You remember what Peter said? Peter said, hey, Jesus, not, no, I'm going with you, man. I'll die. I'll die with you. A few, few hours later, he's in the outer courtyard away from Jesus and he's confronted by a girl. And he denies Jesus three times. And then the cock crowed. I'm pretty sure that if this is, this is Roger's opinion of my piff, what I think would happen. But if Jesus sitting shoulder to shoulder with Peter out in that courtyard, I don't think Peter would have denied Christ because he's right there. He was close in proximity to his presence. Give you another example. Mary and Martha, when Jesus went to Martha's house, uh, she was in the kitchen, so to speak, preparing the food. And the scripture said that she became distracted. And then she got angry and then she went into Jesus and said, hey, call out her sister. But see, there's a the, she got away from Jesus. She was in the kitchen. She was distracted. Her thoughts, he, Satan stole it from her. Then he got her to feeling and her emotions. And then she was thinking not logically. And Jesus rebuked Martha gently, said, Martha, Martha, you know, you, you know you're worried about many things. But Mary has chose the best thing. So the best thing for us is to stay in close proximity to Jesus with our transformational thinking. And the best way to do that, again, I'll come back to Paul because he says this in Philippians 4, 9. He says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So Paul, it's practice. I mean, this is not, this isn't rocket science. Anybody knows if you want to get better at anything, you got to practice. If you want to get better at transformational thinking, you can't hold the Bible up to your head you got to crack it open and ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you what you're reading. And you got to be in prayer, like Paul said in Philippians. You got to be in prayer constantly with Christ. Because the closer we are in the presence of God, of Jesus, the better off we're going to be. So practice, practice, practice. But the downside to that, I, I shouldn't say that there is no downside to that, but, but the challenge is, is when we start something, I know for me personally, I don't see any instant results. So I want to give up. Like if you're trying to lose weight, you just want to give up. But that's where it, that's almost the reverse of like the the Facebook addiction with Cal State Fullerton. You don't see any results, instant results, so you quit. But uh, Zechariah, and here's one thing: Zechariah four, uh, chapter four, verse ten says, "Do not despise these small beginnings, because the Lord rejoices when He sees the work begin." When we 
it's a lot easier to steer a moving car than a car that's sitting still. And that's when we start with something, like if we start moving to try to change our transformational thinking or try to get closer to Jesus, it's a lot easier for God to steer it where he wants it to go. And he will get it there uh, where he wants it to go, but it's, it's going to take a while where it needs to go. Our problem, my problem, I shouldn't say your problem. It's my problem is I want to see the end result right now. For most of my life, that's I, I thought that was it. The finish line was where it was at. But I, the, it's not about the finish line. It's about the start line, and then staying with it and going through that day in and day out. In fact, Paul addresses this in Philippians one six. It says, "And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until He's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns." So this is a progression. It's a process that we're all going through on transformational thinking. So um, my hope is that people will see the, the importance of uh, input, the importance of perspective, and the importance of choice, and that they can start navigating those, those thoughts to lead them to have that rich and satisfying life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. And uh, Tristan, with that, I pass. Wow, what an amazing word, man. I, I can see why you wrote a whole course on that. <laughs> um it's so interesting i did a daily word today um i and i was reading um in second second timothy seven and eight uh part of eight says carefully consider all that i've taught you and may our lord inspire you with wisdom and revelation and everything you say and do but make jesus the anointed one your focus in life and ministry and what i was saying in my daily word today was just like if we fix our focus on him He'll help us with those decisions. And it's super important to have our focus on him because as we, what we gaze upon, we become, you know, and that, that, that changed my mindset because when I put God back, back to where he belongs, where he belongs to be the forefront of my life, where I focus on him, everything else, he, he starts to give us the tools and the wisdom we need to work it out, you know, and whether ministry or not, or life, you know, our life is our ministry. So like what, I, what you were saying just fit right in with that. And I, I just wanted to ask you, like, um, how does someone, how does someone who's a non-believer, um, how, how does someone who's a non-believer change, cha uh, work with transformational thinking? Like, how do they change their mindset? Like, like how, how can they fix, how can they fix their eyes on something if they don't have Jesus? You know what I mean? Well, that's a good question. That's a great question. Um, obviously, they're not going to be as successful at the transformational thinking as a, a Christ follower, uh, because a non-believer does not have the Holy Spirit within them, and He's the one that counsels, guides, and directs us and teaches us. But again, I, I think you can, I think you can help a um, a non-believer, um, just like what Paul told Timothy. You know. Physical training is, is of some good, but a godliness is going to leave benefits for this life and the life to come. And even science backed that up, like I said, uh, that lowers our blood pressure and immune system. So I would encourage a person that doesn't know Christ or believe in Christ that even if you don't, if you start putting these, these principles in place, like uh, GEI is all about, uh, Lorette is all about principles. So if I learn to listen better, or if I learn to have more restraint, I'm going to have a better life. Yeah. So I think you need to reason with that person a little bit from a scientific standpoint, 
or a practical standpoint. And again, but you tell them as a Christ follower, if you want to hit it out of the park, man, you need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior because that's the way it's going to be. Um, so I, I think that's, I, I don't know if I answered your question or not. Well, you did. I, I think that when you become, when you get saved, like, like we were talking before, like my entire mindset was changed. My, um, the Holy, it, it's not an instant thing, but the Holy Spirit does. He, he works on you and he, he continues to change you every day. And that, that is fruit. That's fruit of having the spirit in you. So, um, I'd love to, I, I don't know. I, I keep hearing testimony. And I, I don't know, um, what are some testimonies you've seen teaching that course on transformational thinking? Um, I've taught, uh, I started this course in uh, 2017, mm -hmm. and uh, I've taken right now uh, 62 students through this 10-week course. Uh, most of them are from Africa, but I always send out an evaluation uh, and to, to them, and they send it back to, to me. And they say that the, I think the biggest thing that, that resonates across the board with all of these people is that they had no idea of the impact of their thinking. Mm. I mean, just from they had no idea of the how in, input affects the brain. They had no idea that even if they could just shift their perspective, mm. that they could they could help. They had a better they'd have a better life. And they when they see choice, um, they think, wow, I mean, so I think. I think it's those three tied together that I don't think people, again, I'll go back to Hosea's four, six. I mean, my people are being strikes. They, they don't know me or lack of knowledge, but I think that's the key is, is most of them see that, okay, if I really want to do this, I mean, it's going to take some effort, but I think just bringing an awareness to these three topics, the aware, you know, awareness, perspective, and choice mm -hmm. helps people see that. Yeah. It, it can make a difference. And then some of these people that went through the course say, you know, it's, it's actually, I'm, my life is better now because I'm, I'm making these choices. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. It's that process you talked about. So yeah. I think that's the, 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 the most gratifying thing for me mm -hmm. is uh, I see those testimonies and I will share this with you, but you think about, okay, I'm 62 years old. I've been a Christ follower for over 50 years. Uh, and I wrote this quote. You thought you'd think the author of the of the APC, I call it awareness perspective, would, would be able to knock it out of the park every day. I still struggle with anger. I still struggle with being worried or anxious. I still struggle with those things. Mm. Uh, but I'm getting better at dealing with it little by little. Mm. Uh, I don't, I, the old Roger would beat myself up if I wasn't hitting a mark that I thought I should. I don't do that anymore. But yeah, you know, I don't want, I want to encourage everybody that Hey, as you continue to grow and in, in, in doing this stuff, you're still going to you're still going to struggle because Satan's never going to give up on. Like Paul said in Philippians 1, 6, it ain't done until you actually take your last breath and you're standing in front of Jesus. Then you <laughs> then you can take a break. Uh, amen. Um, I it was interesting. You're saying that um, you you would you would uh, strive to go to that that point, you know, and like and you would beat yourself up maybe about that not getting there um i was wondering can you give some advice for someone with that because i know someone that is really struggling with um being able like they're believing that if they mess up god will is done speaking to them you know if they if they are able if they if they if they make a mistake and they they disobey god god's done with them you know what i mean like 
getting into that moment where they have to be perfect for God. How, how can you, do you have any advice on how someone can overcome that? And like, uh, what the truth is, do you, do you mind speaking some truth into that? Like, well, that's, that's been my whole life. I've wrestled with, uh, perfectionism and performance my whole life. Again, I used to, I used to believe, and I mean, uh, that, that if I screwed up, I did something wrong. God was waiting to bust me open like a pinata. Mm. Uh, but I have a better understanding of, of who he is now. Um, and again, um, on my best day, I think I'm being Jesus, but the word of God in, in Isaiah chapter 64, it says our righteous acts or deeds are nothing but filthy rags before the Lord. So my best day, when I think I'm hitting it out of the park, the Bible is saying, eh, you're, you're human. You, you're, you born into sin. You are sin. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the lie that I believe that I thought if I was doing good, I was doing good, but in reality, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So I think it's understanding. Um, if I was to tell somebody I would, cause that's what I struggle with my whole life, but I would drive those people, uh, to Romans chapter seven and Romans chapter eight. Paul said the very thing that I want to do, I, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. He says that, I mean, it's, he's like schizophrenic. But the thing, the key to that, though, is, is when he says, it, but it's not me, it's the sin in me. You realize as a Christ follower, when Christ and the Holy Spirit indwells you, the Holy Spirit cannot indwell your flesh because it's sinful. That wherever God is, it has to be perfect. So the Holy Spirit resides in our soul. It's in our spirit. That's where he resides. Our flesh. So Paul is going to say, what a wretched man I am. Who can save me from this stuff I'm going through? It's, it's Christ Jesus. Mm. we have to really come to that's at the very end of chapter seven of romans we have to come to realization that we're gonna sin we're gonna mess up but it's not it's not roger do, it's the old roger the old roger's dead but the new roger's in christ so what is happening is in my flesh and that's dead so that concept's a little bit hard to to understand but um man i would love to talk to people about them in fact my book that i wrote unexpected that's that's pretty much the premise of my whole life yeah. i've been after performance uh perfection um and so my my sister who's uh, been a missionary for over 37 years <laughs> she struggles with the very same thing wow. so i think it's something we have to be aware of but then we have to understand who god is and in, chap in chapter eight, it says, right out of chapter eight, verse one, it says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So no, if God's not, if God's not condemning me, I shouldn't be condemning myself mm -hmm. because if I'm condemning myself, then I'm saying, I don't think what Jesus did on the cross was enough for me. I got to add to it. And that's not the right mindset either. So yeah. I'll, I'll stop there. Oh, that's so good, man. Yeah. Um, what what was so i would love to do you have a link for your book i really don't i i honestly like i said it's not for sale i mean i just give it away to people i've had i've had people ask about it but yeah. anyway it's not i'll have a link for it oh okay well uh, if anybody asks about it can i can i give it to them yeah sure you can you can tell them if they want to they want a copy of it then um i just charge the way i do it right now people the one i've been charging them just the cost of the book which is six dollars and then uh whatever postage you to send it to them and then they and i'll just trust that they would send me a check for that amount because right i don't have a venmo i'm an old guy tristan i don't have a venmo <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i felt that <laughs> you're so funny um so 
That's amazing. So if you guys reach out to me, maybe I could set something up uh, if you're interested in that. Um, but as well, I so I shared before in the last podcast, um, I used to be afraid of social media. Like when I first became a Christian, I was like, I cannot be on this because all I hear is bad stuff, like like all these evil things. And you scroll on there, it's like horrible, you know. But then um, after a while, I felt God say to me, like, why are you afraid? Why don't you change it? And I was like, oh, okay. So um, kind of in that, he didn't say it like that, but it was more like, it felt like that. that's what he was saying. But it was like in me, you know, I, I'm not hearing the voice of God, but it's like, you know, a thought, something. Okay. Um, but what was so interesting is my mission is to change it, you know, so be a light online, you know, and that's what, that's what we're doing here, man. And I want to encourage you guys like subscribe, follow, do whatever you need to do, get joined. And maybe we can train you up because I, I really believe that we need to train digital missionaries yeah. online to fight the principalities of darkness online. I mean, cause whether we like it or not, the internet is becoming a part of our reality. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's with us all the time. It, it, you guys are watching this online. Um, it's a part of us and it, it's more and more becoming joined to us. And instead of fighting it, I, how about we, we embrace it and bring the word of God in there and change lives, you know? Um, because a lot of the time, Roger, what I'm noticing is people like me, you know, I've caught myself, I come home and I lay down and I'm looking to get my brain off of all the stresses and I go to the phone and I'm scrolling and you know, that's what, but what if we can, what if we can overload the algorithms with Jesus to where they're scrolling and this person's just getting all these words and God is just speaking to them and they're not seeing anything negative because there's so many digital missionaries on there and we're taking over, you know, that's what, that's what I see God doing is, um, wanting to, wanting us to embrace it and to change it, you know, because, too long have we been letting the enemy take over the movie industry, the t TV shows, the letting us like brainwash our people, like, and making the church feel like lower than them. You know what I mean? Like, like these celebrities get to post all this stuff, but like we could, we could change it. We can, we could change lives. So um, I, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think that, that there is a dark side to the internet. And I, I want everybody to hear me that. Uh, it is unhealthy. Like there, there's some scrolling there for six hours a day is very unhealthy, you know? And when you're looking, but anything that you're using as an addiction to, to run to, to get out of your life is bad, you know? Yeah. Well, um, the Ephesians chapter two, verse two says that, uh, that, uh, Satan is the power of the air. Uh, what what is the air airwaves it's airwaves and it's it's social media it's radio it's what we're doing right now this is all driven by airwaves and again a, a saint doesn't have an original thought he takes what was intended for good and uses it for evil he's done that since day one mm -hmm. and so yeah you're right tristan we need to be aware of that 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 means that that he maybe he's the prince of the power of the air but he's not the god in control of the air god is in control of that and we need to be the ones like you say to take it back for good and um my my hope would be that i think your generation i think the millennials and your generation the younger i don't i don't there's z x is all those anymore but I, <laughs> I i'm a baby boomer so it's all you younger people with the digital platform that understand it you guys are going to be the ones that are going to bring that digital missionary you're the ones i i'm calling out your your 
your generation to do that because I think that's what you're gifted at. And I think that's what you're good at. That's how you communicate. And that's how you do it. I got, I got daughters. They won't call me on the phone. They'll just text. I mean, I call me. I mean, but, but that's your gift and that's a good thing. So I want to challenge everybody out there that's in your age or a little younger or older, mm-hmm. man, that's your calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, I think Psalm 72, it says, now that I'm old and gray, let me declare your glory and your miraculous powers to the next generation. That's my, that's what I want to do for younger people. I want to let them know, Hey, I learn from me, walk with me. I'll help you. But man, you're the ones, I believe your generation is going to be the generation that's going to, that's going to reap the harvest that God's looking for. Amen. And I think that, um, it's like Bill Johnson always says, don't let my ceiling be your ceiling, you know, like use my ceiling as your floor, you know, and that's what I I think that, um, is happening. You know, what I'm seeing with Bethel moments with all this stuff is I'm seeing God, um, have me take all, take, take on a, a, another, another floor to go to another, another level, you know, stacking these levels. And I want to encourage you guys to get involved. Um, but you need training and I, I don't know, is your course available? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm just basically right now it's available for only GEI students that are going through the progression, which you're in GEI. So, I mean, but if anybody was really serious about it, I'd be happy just to walk through with them on the course one-on-one or something like that. Because again, that's my heart is to help people understand their the thinking yeah uh, and then the one thing you said too the training part of it tristan i think that's that's the that's the lynch pin is you have to be in the word of god mm. you, you got to know the truth so when satan's coming at you you can recognize the lie yeah. and you can refute the lie in the name of jesus and the blood of christ or with a scripture verse mm. because if you don't know you don't know and you're getting they're just getting picked off and that's where I hear a lot of people are saying they're deconstructing their faith or doing all this. And I said, Hey, that's good. Everybody needs to have their own faith. They don't need to have my faith. They need to get it on their own, but make sure when you're deconstructing your faith is that you're, you're reading as much social media, but you're reading as much or a little bit more scripture. Yes. Because if you're only reading social media, you're going to get the Satan's going to take you out, man. Uh, so you have to balance that out. I tell that to people all the time uh, that if you want to get better at your thinking, if you want to have a better life, if you want anything better, you need to spend time in the word of God because it's timeless. Uh, the scriptures that I read today, somehow the old Testament, the new Testament, mm-hmm. they're relevant for today. Yes, they are. People that don't know that think the Bible's outdated and really doesn't know what it's talking about. Well, yeah, it, science and, and, and we're coming to, catching up with the word of god so i'm a big proponent about and 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 it's either listening to podcasts or listening to the audio bible online or listening to sermons but even with that i would i would caution you there i would still say you need to be in the word of god and asking the holy spirit to lead and guide you yeah the bible is most important bible is most important yeah yeah prayer bible then sermons <laughs> you know that's yeah. what i i do um exactly I, right. yeah and it's not about religion don't don't let religion structure you i think that religion puts people in a box um and it puts god in a box but we want to have a relationship with him um i'd like to think of god as like 
not only my father, but my best friend, you know, when I'm going through the hardest times and there's no one around, guess who's there to talk to me, you know? And there's nothing more that he wants when we're coming to him with prayer or reading the word of God. He's as happy as a lark, man. Mm -hmm. I, I get to watch my, my two-year-old granddaughter um, every afternoon. And it's so fun to be with her because she'll want to read a book and she'll just sit in my lap and I'll read books to her. Man, I'm as happy as I could be because she's she wants to be with me. That's how God is with us, man. He wants to, man, he just cherishes that when we seek him out. And he's not going to, He's not going to deny that. He's going to speak to us through doing that because yeah. uh, he's a loving father, man. He go back to Romans chapter eight. I'm telling you, it's Abba father. He's our daddy. Um, and, and nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. I mean, that's where the enemy is going to tell you, hey, but at the end there, he says, not, nothing can separate you from, you know, not life, not death, not death, nothing. Angels, prince, but no, but nothing can separate you from love, God, love of God. Uh, only, only if you let your thinking think that you're disconnected and that's where Satan's trying to get you so yeah. anyway I can you got me fired up preaching up yeah <laughs> let's go it's it's so good and um I think that too long the enemy has been taking territories and we've just been standing by you know yep. that's that's a real thing me and Pastor Pep were talking on the last podcast I encourage you guys to go watch it it was really good we were talking about um the agape love of God you know, in the kingdom. And, um, man, what he said was so true. Like, I think we need in church culture is everything. You know, we, we need to build back culture. Like we need to start equipping people and not just putting people above people. We need to start being disciples that make disciples. So, um, I, I just, I, again, I'm going to encourage you guys to get involved and, Roger, I'm so grateful to have you on. I'm honored. Um, you, you are such a blessing and I'm so happy to know you. Um, and I can't wait to continue to get to know you, man. Um, and I'd love to have you on again sometime. And yeah, and uh, I'm gonna put Roger's links below so y'all can message him if he, you need any training um, on transformational thinking or you just want to reach out and learn something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, will you pray us out? Sure, I'd love to. Anything else to say or anything? I just thank you for having me on the podcast, and uh, it's an honor to be. It's always fun. And it's always an honor to talk about God. Mm. That's who we're here to talk about. So appreciate that. Hey, let me pray, Father God. I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for the opportunity, Lord, for you to speak. And Lord, I pray that you've taken today what's been spoken uh, about you and who you are, Lord, that people will take it to heart and that they can have changed minds and they can change. Uh, change their attitudes and Lord that they can have the thinking that lines up with you Lord and they can have that rich and satisfying life Lord uh, if there's if there's someone out there struggling right now Lord I pray that you Holy Spirit would touch them in a unique way mm -hmm. let them feel your spirit Lord let them know that you love them deeply and intimately Lord and that you gave your life for them Lord so I pray that that they can feel your presence in a real tangible way, Lord. So I pray blessing on everybody that's listened to this today. I pray blessing over Tristan and all that he's doing, Lord. And I pray, Lord, specifically for this generation, Lord, to be those digital missionaries, Lord, that can change the world, Lord, because I believe it's the next generation or two or three that's going to really be the, the generations of the harvest that you talk about, Lord, in Matthew and in your gospels, Lord. So I pray this in your son's precious saving name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys so much, Roger. Thank yep. you. Yep.
Thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can stay up to date with all Bethel Moments content.